I will feast at the table of the Lord. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I won't hunger anymore. Welcome to the table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. We worship at Island Creek Elementary School, 7855 Morning View Lane, every Sunday at 10 a.m. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net. Matthew uh, chapter 16 verses 13 through 21. So right before today's scripture, Jesus asks his disciples, who do you think I am? And Peter answers, you, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus looks at this disciple and tells him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom. When you hear this, the story of Peter, can you imagine him as Jesus tells him this? In one of Paul's letters, he refers to some people being puffed up with pride. And, and when I read this story, I can see that image. Uh, Peter told he will receive the kings to the kingdom, told that he is the rock, that, that he is a stone on the pathway to God. And he's puffed up with pride. Just three verses later, though, and, and we find ourselves in another conversation between Peter and Jesus. Jesus, you see, has been teaching his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and, and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and, and chief priests and scribes and, and be killed. Peter it takes Jesus aside and gently, I imagine, begins to, the NRSV says, rebuke him. 
in Greek, though, Peter is giving Jesus a, a warning to prevent something from going wrong. He says to Jesus, this will never happen to you. God's mercy will, will prevent it. And Jesus responds, not with talk about being the rock on, on which the church will be built, but by saying to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. Get behind me, Satan. How can the Jesus that we sing about in Sunday school songs like Jesus Love Me call his closest disciple Satan? How can he swing from the keys to the kingdom to the prince of demons over just three verses? How did Petros, his name literally meaning pathway rock, become a rock causing Jesus to stumble on that path. Stumbling blocks. These are, these are those things in, in your life that pop up to distract you from your purpose, that lead you off your path, that, that help you um, ignore your call. Sometimes these stumbling blocks are incredibly big things, things that may not even require context to see how they drove you off course. Things like having one drink too many, getting into a relationship based on something other than love and respect, or really anything that, that causes or, or leads to any of those capital sins that, that you find in Dante's famous poems about the rings of hell. But they can also be incredibly small things, things like a, a new episode of your, your favorite show ready to stream or a losing basketball team shooting a three-pointer to tie a, a regular season game, um, a soccer tournament. These are relatively small things and, and on their own, they, they don't amount to much. But if that new show is ready to stream on the same night as your common table, or the basketball game has your full attention while you're trying to talk about life with your partner. Or that soccer tournament takes place at Sunday uh, at 10 a.m. In their own context, then these things can be stumbling blocks to good relationships with others and with God. But sometimes, Sometimes we experience stumbling blocks that, that might seem small, but send us so far off course that it's almost impossible to recover our bearings. Anytime we, we choose the easy way, anytime we, we choose our, our own comfort, our, our own convenience, our own, our own joy, even. Anytime we put ourselves first, we find stumbling blocks that can be seemingly insurmountable. Think 
think about today's story, right? Jesus is teaching his disciples that in order to fulfill the laws of God, he is going to go to Jerusalem and there he's going to suffer at the hands of the religious elite and he will be killed. Imagine your best friend saying this to you. You know, you're, you're sitting around down and you're eating dinner and, and you're just talking. And then boom, this is the heavy that your friend lays on you. Would you be uncomfortable? You know, I think sometimes we're really hard on Peter, but he he thinks he's trying to be a, a good friend here. He respects Jesus. He loves Jesus. And, and so he takes his friend by the arm and he says, look, you, you can't talk like this. He warns Jesus. It, it scares people. And then he says, God's mercy means that, that this doesn't have to happen to you. Now, Jesus knows that's not true, but what a temptation Peter lays before him. I mean, it's a temptation more powerful than, than Satan offering Jesus all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. It's the temptation of, of being safe, of, of, of not hurting. It's the temptation of, of not suffering, of not being humiliated, of not having to, to bear a cross, of, of not feeling the, the nails in his body, of not being surrounded by the sounds of others who are suffering in, in similar ways, of not tasting vinegar, of not, of not feeling abandoned, of not crying out, of not dying. Jesus knows the power of this temptation. In the garden, he prays, let this cup pass from me. And, and here is Peter, right? Peter saying, let this cup pass from you. Stay safe. Stay comfortable. Stay here. And Jesus knows that, that this temptation from, from the mouth of Peter is Satan. Standing not on the, the highest mountaintop, not, not pointing at the world below and saying, this could be yours. Instead, this is Satan looking into Jesus's heart and trying to stir that human flesh to sin. On the mountaintop, though, in our English translations, Jesus tells, tells Satan to go away. But Greek, well, Greek has many words for leave. And in the words of the gospel writer Matthew, he tells Satan to, to go away but in doing so, to also submit to Jesus's authority. Satan, though, doesn't like to submit to anyone's authority, but his own desires. I mean, isn't that the definition of, of sin, really? Being subject only to our own wants, our own desires, our, our own wills. Satan doesn't submit. 
Evil doesn't recognize any authority other than its own, and, and it's always trying to stir our flesh to sin. So here we are. Uh, Jesus is starting to, in the words of the, the gospel writer Luke, set his face toward Jerusalem, uh, uh, toward the will of God. And Satan, Satan is, is calling him back to himself through the well-meaning and good intentions of his friend Peter. The path to hell is truly lined with good intentions. Even in our most well-intentioned moments, we can be mouthpieces for Satan. Even if our very name, like Peter's, calls us to be a stone in the pathway to God's grace, we can instead become a stone that, that causes others to stumble. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus tells Peter in the same words that he used on that mountaintop. On that mountaintop, though, he doesn't banish Satan. He says, leave, but leave and submit to my authority. He's clear to say here, your, your desires, your will, Satan, they have no place here. When Jesus calls his disciples, he said to them, get behind me and follow after me. Get behind me, he says to his disciples. He says to Satan, he says, here, get behind me. You cannot lead on your own, but, but follow after me. Follow after me as I walk not in my will, but in God's. As I lead not my own kingdom, but God's. Remember Peter? of our imagination earlier is he's puffed up with pride that that Jesus has chosen him to receive the keys to God's kingdom remember this Peter named by Jesus because he's going to be the rock on which the church will be built this Peter this Peter puffed up with pride Pride is one of those seemingly small stumbling blocks that, that can become insurmountable obstacles along our way. Peter, Peter has tried in his pride to, to run ahead of God, and, and by running ahead, Peter's gotten lost. In Peter's pride at being one who knows, Peter has lost sight of the one who knows. And when we lose sight of God, we stumble. And sometimes when we stumble, we cause others to stumble too. But Jesus doesn't tell Peter to leave. He doesn't banish Peter from the ranks of the 12. He, he doesn't take away Peter's key to the kingdom. Instead, he tells Peter to, to get behind him to follow after him. In Jesus' footsteps, uh, Peter will find his way again. And this isn't just something that Jesus offers to his best of friends. 
Jesus told the Satan the same thing. Jesus saw that Satan was lost and said, get behind me. Walk in my way. Submit to my authority. And if this is what Jesus says to Satan, then what does Jesus say to you? To me? To us? Beloved, the good news of this gospel is that when we get ourselves ahead of God, when we think we're the ones who know, we only have to get ourselves back behind the one who does know. When, when our desires become our stumbling blocks, we only have to match our desires to God's desires. And, and what does God desire? Abundant life, wholeness, completeness, relationship. And God, God offers this to everyone, even you, even me, even Satan. I offer these words to you in the name of the Father the name of the Son, the name of the Holy Spirit, the God who is the one that knows. Amen. Let us pray together. Oh, holy God, the God who knows our deepest desires, who knows our will, who knows our wants. God, sometimes we get ahead of ourselves. Sometimes we run so far ahead of ourselves and of you that we lose sight of you, of what you desire for us, of what you desire for your world, for all of your creation. But God, we know that no matter how far ahead we get, all we have to do is turn around, to turn ourselves around and find you again. As we move ourselves behind you, as we match our desires to your desires, we will find that we are no longer stumbling blocks for ourselves or for others, but are instead those stones that line the pathway not to hell, but to your incredible grace and radical and reckless love. You offer this love to us even though we do not deserve it. You offer this love to us when we might seem more like the mouthpiece of Satan than the mouthpiece 
of your love. God, help us in our lives in this season of Lent to recognize where we have lost sight of you. Help us to turn ourselves around so that we can find you again, so that we can get ourselves behind you and follow in the footsteps of Jesus so that we can find our way, which is really and truly your way, once again. Holy God, help us be the people that you have called us to be. Help us to live our lives so that in all that we do, others may see you in us and we might see you in others. We ask this in the name of your son who taught us to pray these words. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. There is peace at the table.